Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice. So welcome everybody. Um, it's really lovely to see you all here. Um, my name is Louise Greenwood and I'm Director of Education for Wessex LMCs. And I'm completely delighted that we've got both directors of primary care with us today, so Lisa Harding and Michelle Lombardi, and our deputy director of primary care, um, Dawn Chowcraft. So welcome, everybody. So I think we're going to start straight away, Lisa, with you and looking on um, about switching on access to GP records. Yes, thanks. Um, thanks, Louise. And I'm sure everybody's familiar, more than familiar with this by now. Um, in terms of changes to the 23-24 GP contract now includes a requirement for all practices to give their patients online access to new entries in the health record by the end of October this year, October 23. Um, we understand that around 20% nationally of, of practices have already switched on access. Um, for their, those who haven't done so just yet, um, just a reminder, again, I'm sure you're probably already aware of it, but NHS Digital have a range of resources um, and guidance, including a, a a checklist, a webinar, and some case studies about how to safeguard patients who might be at risk um, from access to their health record. Um, so it was really just a little reminder that those resources are out there. We also have some guidance on our website. Um, and if you do have any queries, happy to pick them up. Um, and if we need any specialist advice, we can get in, in touch with the NHSE implementation team for you. Um, so that was just a really quick update. And the second update I wanted to give was around the National Care Record Service. Um, so this is replacing the summary care record application. Um, and users will need to switch on the NCRS, as it's called, before the 29th of September, 23. Um, apparently, the switch over to NCRS is quick and simple. And with the right software installed on users' devices, it can be as easy as changing a web link, we're told. Um, and just to confirm that NCRS provides a quick and secure way to access national patient information and it's free to use. I'm aware that there, there are obviously a couple of systems running locally in Wessex, including Chai and the Dorset system, but that was just a mention around the National Care Record Service. Thanks, Louise. Thank you, Lisa. And we've done a number of um, webinars and training events on um, these sort of subjects, and we continue to do so. If there's anything particularly you think we're not offering, it would be really helpful. Please let us know, and we're very happy to put on anything. I'll try and source some trainers to, to run something for you. Um, and also just for the GPs, we've got a, um, and all the, all the clinicians, we've got a, um, medical records and how to put good documentation in medical records in the light of online access webinar coming up that's already fully booked we're going to put another one on so we're aware that also clinicians would find this helpful so again we we don't have a limit to what we can put on for you so do please let us know if there's anything more we can do i think we're going to hand over to you now michelle please for nhs volunteer responders Thanks, Louise. So this is some information that was put in the primary care bulletin on the 20th of April. And we just wanted to highlight that this is available. So this is a service for people who would uh, benefit from extra social contact and they can actually self-refer um, for a free check-in and chat phone call. Um, we have got the telephone number and some various links to information, which I suspect we, we can put with the po this podcast or webinar so that everybody can access these. Alternatively, clinicians and primary care colleagues can also refer directly to uh, to the service uh, with obviously the patient's consent. Um, and there's lots of promotional information that's available and, and can be accessed for pharmacies and practices. Um, but we just wanted to highlight the services available and it may be suitable for, for some patients. That's helpful to know. Thank you, Michelle. Um, Dawn, I think we're coming to you now about pensions. 
Lovely. Thanks, Louise. Uh, yes, it's that time of year again, and I'm sure some of you already have uh, submitted your 23-24 annual estimable uh, pensionable pay and profits to PCSE. Um, and if you have submitted your estimate, um, but you've not had those pension contributions deducted in your April contractual statement, um, this will be, they say, due to a timing um, of payment processing um, and you will actually then see two months deductions from your May statement. However, if you haven't submitted your estimable uh, pensionable profits and pay yet, um, never too late to do so. Um, they obviously are encouraging you to do that, please, as soon as possible. However, if you haven't, um, PCSE are required to automatically apply the previous year's estimate income and um, tier rate calculations um, to deduct from your pension pension, sorry, your contractual statements each month, um, which, of course, as we know, you get to the year end and it's quite possible then that the, the deductions don't actually match up with what it should have been for 23-24. So the um, way to go, uh, go online and you can check uh, uh, from PCSE online, they've got what they call an estimate listing screen. And if you go on there, you can actually check what your estimate is for the practice. Um, they also now have a guide um, and a, a demo video if you want to check out how to do that. And we've got that all on our PCSE webpage um, on our own website with the links to. Um, so, yeah, the headline is if you haven't done your 23-24 estimate, please do so as soon as possible. And in the meantime, you will have money deducted at the 22-23 rate until you do make those changes. Thanks, Louise. Thank you, Dawn. And we do know pensions can be um, quite a headache for a number of people for a number of different reasons. Um, and so just to flag up, on the 15th of May, we've got a pensions webinar training session, actually, for you as a um, manager, what you need to do for your staff. And we've also got on the 26th of September, something for finance, um, finance bite size, which is all about pensions for GPs and partners. So if you um, are sort of lacking any confidence or information about any of those, just um, just do attend those or just let me know and we can and, um, give the links um, for those two sessions if that would be helpful. Thank you, Dawn. That was really handy. Um, Michelle, I think we come to you now for workforce returns and I'm going to just get my, get my screen ready to share. Thanks, Louis. So this is an item that we bought to the PM webinar. I think it was at the end of March. Um, and it was uh, as a, at a request from the BMA asking practices uh, when they fill their workforce returns in to actually reflect the numbers, uh, the hours that GPs actually work as opposed to what they potentially are contracted. And when we went through the slides, as I was reading, it felt like it contradicted um, slightly what it was asking practices to do. So we have gone back to the BMA for clarification. So the BMA are asking practices to record the actual hours being worked by GPs. When you look, there are two boxes that need to be completed. One looks at contracted hours, which is for salaried GPs only, and the other looks at actual hours, which are for contractors and zero-hour GPs. And the system has been designed um, in that you can actually add in two, you can actually fill in both of those boxes for whether you're a salary GP or, or a, a contractor or zero-hour GP. And I think there's some confusion in that for salary GPs, for example, you'd fill in their contracted hours and then you'd put a different figure in for their actual hours. But what, what is only counted is the contracted hours box. So what the BMA are asking for practices to do is put the actual hours in 
both boxes for salary GPs and contractors. So it's really just to highlight that, um, uh, highlight that to practices. I think the only issue that they have identified potentially is that salary GPs may uh, feel uh, they may not like the idea of their actual hours going in or their contracted hours. So it was worth we they do suggest just having a conversation with your salary GP just to let them know what you're completing for them and uh, and that they feel happy with that. Thank you, Michelle. Um, that was great. And we'll come back to a few more um, slides in a minute, won't we? So, um, Lisa, we're going to now go to the new HRT um, prescription payment. Yes, thanks, Louise. And um, I'm, I'm conscious we've already covered this a couple of times. I, I've certainly gone out in the news session. I think we might have covered it in the webinar, but just a little bit of an update on the new HRT prescription prepayment certificate. Um, so revised versions of the FP10 prescription forms and tokens are in circulation, um, but people are being asked to please continue to, to issue the old version of the FP10 forms until stocks of old forms run out um, to avoid any shortages around the updated forms if um, there's a surge in requests. Um, as the old form versions don't have the HRT PPC exemption reason, temporary arrangements have been put in place for patients who hold a valid HRT PPC to tick box F, that's F for Foxtrot, for the standard prescription prepayment certificate on the existing forms. Um, these arrangements, just to confirm, must only be used for prescriptions containing items from the HRT medicines list on the HNS, um, H NHS BA website. Um, so it was just to confirm that. The other bit that we just wanted to mention is we had had um, a couple of queries around whether transgender patients would be able to have the HRT PPC. And it is just to confirm um, that the HRT PPC covers an unlimited number of HRT medicines for 12 months, regardless of why they are prescribed. Um, so it was just to confirm that as we have had some queries. Thanks, Louise. Thank you, Lisa. Um, I'm getting ready to share my screen again, Dawn. Um, I think we're going to talk about the supply chain update now. Yes, thanks, Louise. Um, nothing huge. It's just that, as we all know, um, there have been some issues with um, certain items in the supply chain. And PCSE have issued an update. Um, there's a few items. I mean, globally, um, the products affected by this um, are now in a stronger position. However, the availability from NHS supply chain to PCSE um, <clears throat> is still causing some challenges. Um, so there are some products in particular that are still affected um, and they're on a slide so I can read them out and not get them wrong. So we've got KFK217, the blood collection needle, safety 21G, uh, FTR1923, safety needle blunt fill drawing up, uh, KFK058, BC set safety 23G, and KFK254, BC set safety type 23G blue needle. And I'm more than sure that the practice nurses in particular will know exactly what they are. Um, it all looks very uh, complex, but um, those who are using them, I'm sure, will be very aware of what they are. But PCSE do say, please don't um, try and order uh, more than you need or don't certainly put in duplicate orders because actually they are cancelling them due to limited stock availability if they spot that um, you have made a duplicate order. So that's just a little update there and perhaps we can probably put that with our uh, webinar just so you can see those listed. 
Thank you, Dawn. So if somebody is desperate for any one of those, can they swap between practices? Is that okay with that kind of stuff? I don't see why not. There's no sort of cold chain issue, is there? So, the, the, so the, you know, if people were, they would probably put something out to their um, local PCN or their local practice managers and try and get some help that way. Okay, thank you. That's really helpful. Um, back to Michelle and back to my sharing my screen. So we're going to look at some money now, some, some numbers. Thanks, Louise. So um, we just wanted to, we thought every year we talk about the finance, the key finance information in relation to the GMS uh, contract changes and PMS contract changes. We thought we'd um, produce a slide, a couple of slides with these on so practices have them. I think whilst Louise is sharing um, the screen, we just wanted to also highlight the GMS and PMS regulations have now been um, uh, shared, but they don't come into force until the 15th of May. So just to highlight that. And also we still await the details of the primary care recovery plan or whatever it's going to be called uh, and whatever iteration it will be once that's released. We still await that information. So some of the finance detail, the key finance detail for the GP contract. So for this year, the global sum per patient will be £102.28. Uh, the out-of-hours adjustment, we, there's no change from last year. It's still 4.75%. The quality and outcome framework, so the COF point value for this year is £213.43. And then the um, IIF points are £198. And then the £10 and six item of service payment, there's no change there. It was the same as last year and, and a number of years prior to that. We also just wanted to highlight there's been no change to the payments associated with maternity and sickness reimbursement. Um, next slide, please. So we thought it might be useful just to remind practices of what the reimbursements um, practices are entitled to around maternity and sickness. So taking maternity, so in respect to the first two weeks, uh, you can claim as a practice £1,143.06. And then any week thereafter, you can claim £1,751.52 per week. Um, we wanted just to highlight that they're not paid on a pro rata basis and that the and uh, they are paid whichever is the lower of the invoice cost or the maximum amount payable. Uh, and then finally, sickness. So the amount payable in respect of GP cover for a GP performer is £1,751.52 per week. Again, not paid on a pro rata basis. And, also, uh, and again, uh, whichever is the lower of the invoice cost or the maximum amount payable. Um, there's no reimbursement for the first two weeks period of sickness. Um, however, there's 26 weeks for the full amount uh, of the sum as mentioned, and then a further 26 weeks for half of the full amount of the sum mentioned. And that's it. I think um, I just needed to link into you, Louise, about the finance um, podcast and information that I know Matt's been recording. So Yeah, we've done lots of um, finance webinars, um, lots of bite-sized webinars led by Matt Perkins, who's one of our practice management supporters, um, who has a particular interest in finance and is very good at explaining it in a very straightforward way. So do join in with those. We've got one coming up, which is um, particularly for people new to finance, new to practice, new practice managers, new to practice finance, um, 3rd of May, 2 till 4. Um, I would just say that, Michelle, it, that we do have quite a number of new practice managers on, on the call now and in our, in our area. Where would they go to to get the sickness reimbursements and maternity? Where would you even start? So you would go to the Statement of Financial Entitlement, so the SFE, and that that 
pretty much lists most of these payments, all bar the IIF information, which relates to the PCN DES. Um, so all of this information would be in the statement of financial entitlement. And it's basically um, your go-to where all payments in relation to the contract are identified. Uh, we do have it on our website and they have actually issued this year, again, a full SFE, um, which is amazing because he, previous years it was um, updates and it's so hard to track back through what they look like. But for the last couple of years, I think Dawn's nodding, um, they have actually issued full SFEs, which is really helpful. So that's a document we would suggest practices go and look at and new practice managers. And somebody will say to you as a practice manager, go and claim that. Where do you go and claim it? Where, where do you start? So for maternity and sickness, that will be with your ICB and they will have processes in place that you will need to follow and probably relevant forms that you need to complete. Um, but if people have got, you know, if people are unsure, you can always come to us and we can um, direct people where they need to go. Okay, that's really helpful because it's sometimes that, and I can remember when I started to practice marriage, there's somebody that claim this and I don't even know where to go. I don't know where to, where to start with, with all this. So um, good. Okay, so just a couple of comments in, comments, questions have come in. Just a comment from Matt. Crazy, these amounts have not been uplifted in years. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we understand where you're coming from on that one, Matt. Um, and just a point in case people haven't clocked it, 30% of the QOF aspiration payment, which normally comes to practice, is now going to PCNs for IIF access. This may cause cash flow problems for practice if PCNs aren't passing the money on promptly. So that's just a comment that I think we would agree with. And um, I'm not sure I'm looking around to the team here. There's anything further we want to add on that, but it's really for awareness. And um, thank you very much to Jenny for bringing that to our attention. Okay, I think we're going on to our now sort of our scheduled final item. Um, and Lisa, we're coming back to you. Thanks, Louise. This was just a quick one um, to let people know that the gov.uk website has uh, quite a bit of information regarding the new SR1 form. This is the form that's replaced the DS1500 form, um, which supports terminally ill patients who are less likely to have less than 12 months to live um, to access a fast-tracked route for a number of, of, of benefits. Um, DWP have launched both a digital version of the form um, so that it can be returned via email and a paper form is also available to return by post. Um, perhaps the advantage of the digital form is that it can be submitted online. Um, you will need an NHS smart card, card to do so, um, but once submitted, the form reaches the DWP securely and immediately, which can help reduce the waiting time for the patient. Um, and you can download a copy of the form and save it to your patient's medical record. Um, I just wanted to mention that in the gov.uk guidance, they do mention a fee form that you can download and complete. I haven't actually managed to find that on the website anywhere just yet. So I don't know if anybody else has spotted it. Um, if they had, I'd be really interested to know. If not, I will keep on looking for it. I don't know, perhaps it hasn't been published yet, um, but they're, they're, they do talk about a fee form. Thank you. And if anybody can help Lisa then on that, I know that, that would be very helpful. Um, I just wanted to finally mention we've got our practice manager conference, which is now focusing on innovations open to book now if you are interested. 6th of July, we're hoping to offer some solutions to include workforce, workload, duty doctor, guidance where to find finance for any initiatives you have. It's not all focused on technology. 
innovation can mean looking at different ways of thinking. Um, so we've got all sorts of ideas in that. And it'll be a safe place, as it always has been, for practice managers to come, network together, have a really good day, hopefully be inspired, get some information to take back to the practice. So we're really looking forward to seeing you there. We do miss seeing you in the flesh. We know, we know you can see us. We can't see you in this situation. So we would very much like to see you there. We will, as I say, we'll all be there to answer any questions you have and just to catch up with you. So that's the 6th of July, and that's available on our website now. There'll be fit lots lots more information coming out about it um, but we've got a little bit of a schedule agenda on there at the moment so let me just check i think did i see any more questions coming in no no more questions coming in so i think unless anybody else has got anything they want to comment on i would thank lisa and michelle and dawn for um for all the information they've worked hard to present to you today and thank you all of you for attending and we'll see you again very soon thanks very much bye-bye wessex lmc's supporting you and your practice 